the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Greetings and welcome to this episode of A Nation TV's Connected. I'm your host, David Danto. Um, today we're talking about CES. Now, I've said this over the years, the last couple of years, CES has quickly become the most important conference that I attend um, over the course of the, the year, even more important than the ones in my specific industry, because it gives me an 18 to 24 month look ahead at what's happening in all of technology and how some of these technology pieces are coming together. So today we have um, some experts and some industry analysts and some people who have attended the show before. We're going to talk about um, CES 2022, which is happening in person again in Las Vegas. It'll be a smaller show, but we'll talk about the aspects of that. Um, and what the themes are and what people can be looking forward to. So why don't I get started asking everybody to introduce themselves. Steve, why don't you start since you're here, a guest representing CES. Yeah, thanks, David. Uh, I'm Steve Koenig, Vice President of Research at Consumer Technology Association, the owner and producer of CES, which uh, this time will be January 5th through 8th in Las Vegas in person. Look forward to seeing everyone there. Terrific. And moving down the list as people are on my screen, Greg, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure, uh, Dave. I'm Greg Harper, um, and I'm a president of Harper Vision and uh, co-founder of Gadgetoff. And uh, this is, will be, I, I don't even know, probably my 40th some CES uh, I've been going. And you and I have been going back to these for a long time. But you know, CES is an important show for me because it gets me a chance to get a feel for what the industry is doing. And I use that in my ongoing talks and presentations to others after the show. Thank you, Greg. Carolina, why don't you go next? Carolina Milanesi. I'm uh, the president and principal analyst at Creative Strategies and the founder of the Heart of Tech. And I don't know if I'm looking forward to going to CES or not. Um, you know, on one end, it will feel like we are almost getting out of COVID, but there's still, um, you know, still a little concerned about the, the quality of the meetings that I'll be able to have. That's, that's a fair comment. We're all thinking about that. And the last, but certainly not least, uh, the world's number one influencer, Evan Christel, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, tell everybody what your interest is and what you're doing now. Number one. Wow. I'll take that uh, on, a, on a platter. But uh, it's Evan Christel. Hey, everyone. Uh, I, I'm a fairly uh, much a newbie. I've only been to CES a couple of times pre-pandemic. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to... Uh, getting out meeting and greeting uh folks and um you know gambling basically that that's the reason for going and the buffets you know are we going to have buffets back that's the critical question if we have buffets i'm all in uh what do you think dave evan you're gonna have to read my uh my blog about uh, las vegas and the the <laughs> penny pinchers are back in charge there's no more loss leaders in town oh, there may be there may goodness. be three or four buffets open but uh most of them are, are are gone so i'm sorry to hear that that's it i'm putting my foot down okay thanks very much everyone for introducing yourselves and i guess we're going to start this with steve um you know head of research at uh, at cta um what's what's interesting and different about the show this year because obviously it's not going to be the same show that it was two years ago size is going to change the, the requirements are going to change what can you tell us about that right now yeah details david details i think the, the most exciting thing is is that ces 2022 is going to be back in person in Las Vegas. We've had such a tremendous response from the global tech community. Uh, everybody, I guess, in this season is, is really worn out with so many screens. 
not, you know, nothing against this, this broadcast in particular, but uh, we've just had a great response. People are ready to get back to in-person events uh, and they understand the importance of that from a business perspective. Uh, the event will be January 5th through 8th. Now we are requiring uh, vaccinations for all uh, attendees, exhibitors, media, everybody attending the show has to be fully vaccinated and we are authenticating that through the clear app uh, and there are full details on this at ces.tech. Now, in addition to that, we have also widened the aisleways and pathways just to make it easier to, to move about safely. In addition, in conferences and keynote sessions, we have sections where there's socially distanced seating if people wanna invoke that option. These days, a lot of people, some people are fine uh, with getting back to more of a normal pattern. Other people, maybe a 50-50, other people kind of want to mask up and do other things. So we, we're providing a lot of options for, for attendees, but I would say the most important thing is you have to be vaccinated to attend CES 2022. Okay, do, do you think that, that I, mean, I mean, I heard from the press conference that happened the other day that you, you're still watching um, local regulations and local rules requiring masking and things like that. I think even when this thing is aired, I think when that decision won't have been made yet, I think it's gonna probably be more of a last minute thing. I, I would expect so, and, and this is something that I think a lot of businesses, uh, I mean, retailers to uh, other professional events like CES, we're all held to local regulations, and we know how it goes in this season of the pandemic. Things can change pretty quickly. So, yeah, well, I would just say stay tuned. CES.tech, that website for the show, will have all the up-to-minute information. So if there are any questions that attendees have, just refer to that. Uh, that information will be current. Uh, and uh, again, we're looking forward to, to being back in Las Vegas with everybody really, really soon. Okay, so I definitely do not want this uh, uh, episode of Connected to be the information resource for that information. Please go to CTS, uh, um, uh, CTA, CTA.tech um, and, and CES.com or CO. Yeah, CES.tech CES. has all tech. the information for okay. registration and other show particulars. And 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 we will and we'll we'll leave that one there. So let's let's kind of focus more on what it is that we can expect to see this year. What 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 what? How is the show going to be different? What are the things over the last you know twelve or actually twenty four months that since we've been together that that are really exploding in the area of collaboration, in the area of technology, in the area of you know communications? What 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 are you thinking of like the top three or four things that 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 will be. Uh, talked about by all the analysts and those things that can be done. Yeah, well, I think that uh, strategically, uh, CES 2022 is going to write a new chapter in the intelligence of things. And the, the major underpinnings of that are 5G and AI. Both of those things will be broadly talked about across the show. But I think in terms of, of other key trends that we've identified, uh, one is automotive and 21st century logistics. One of the things that CES always does every year is, is bring forward a number of solutions to global problems. And we all know we've had a, a major supply chain and logistics issue. So self-driving trucks uh, are gonna be in full effect uh, over in the new West Hall, shiny brand new venue. And that's gonna be exciting. Uh, and uh, I think in addition to 21st century logistics, uh, automotive tech, uh, we're going to have uh, a, we're going to write a new chapter in in digital health, another area where we've just seen massive innovation in this season for obvious reasons, and that's not only on the consumer side, but also on the provider side when we think about telemedicine. 
beyond that, I would say uh, sustainable technology, and this is everything from smart homes, smart cities, food tech, uh, renewable energy sources, these kinds of things. These are, are gonna be big focus areas for, for obvious reasons. These are, these are perennial trends, but uh, we're starting to gain momentum and it's just another category that uh, this season, we've just seen massive acceleration in innovation and adoption. So, so those are some of the, of the broader categories, but let me just close with one of the brand new focus areas for CES. This is cutting edge, that is space tech. Uh, space tech is a really brand new sector of the industry. You, you've heard about SpaceX and some of the commercial space and, and in-orbit endeavors that have been happening. Space tourism gets grabs a lot of headlines, but what are the real business opportunities for space tech? These are a lot of the things that will be discussed at CES 2022 and more. We'll have a very compelling exhibit from Sierra Space and Central Plaza. That's the area out in front of the LVCC where Sierra Space will have their Dream Chaser orbital spacecraft. So really cool stuff. I mean, out of, literally out of this world technology at CES 2022. And you, and you remind me that uh, I'm going to be uh, the first time we'll see the, the new West Hall. I'll think I'm standing in the middle of the Riviera, which is where it is. Um, and the first time we're going to be able to see how the boring company did with their whatever they're calling their device down there. I still like to call it the sub shuttle, but that's the sci-fi in me. Carolina, you, you're suggesting you've got a couple of uh, thoughts on those themes as well. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, the list that uh, Steve just uh, gave, although I'm not quite sure about space tech yet. But uh, I think we still have enough to sort out here on Earth before we, we think about space. Um, but certainly, I think we're all expecting from this year to see more about that homework uh, scenario, right? Are we uh, home trying to work? Are we at work trying to be home? I, we don't know anymore. But the reality is that there are going to be a lot of people still continuing uh, with remote work and hybrid work. And so devices that help us bridge and with that bring the cloud closer to us in some shape or form, you know, connectivity with 5G is certainly one of them. Uh, I'll be interested to also see in a way last year, um, with, with no uh, disrespect intended to, to CES, but you know, you were in there, it didn't happen in, Ve in Vegas, therefore it didn't happen. <laughs> um, you know, you have that feel that you've been in a limbo for, for a while. And so it'd be interesting going back and see how much of the trends like connectivity, like AI, uh, it's just picked up where we left it off. The, the, problem or the, the reality um, is that a lot of the trends that we're seeing from uh, automotive to AI, machine learning, you know, 5G to some extent are longer trends. It tends to take longer to materialize and, and end up, you know, in a store near you. Um, and so it's not all brand new, it's, it's seen development over the years. And I think it'd be interesting to see uh, if we feel that a lot of an advancement has been made um, just because we took a little bit of a breather last year. Yeah, and Carolina, I agree with your point early on that, that you know, I was surprised that we weren't highlighting more of the remote work, hybrid work, work from home thing. Um, I think the going understanding from the people I've spoken with around the show, other than you guys, and I'd love to get your opinion, Greg, I'll ask you next, um, is, is that the idea is that it's not really its own pavilion or its own theme, but it's going to be underpinning everything. 
We've now yeah. changed society to be something where we understand that the Absolutely. hybrid work is, is just where it's going forward. I mean, Greg, is that what you're hearing as well? Yeah, I'm hearing the same thing. And I'm, I'm also, I was surprised. Uh, I mean, and Steve, I look forward to your overview of the industry every year. Um, and uh, I was surprised you did not include the uptrend in home uh, things. Um, but I'd like to see how it all integrates together. It, having individual products is one thing, but having, you know, the furniture and the, and the environment and the cooling and the, all the other things that go with it, all part of, that's something unique that CES can do is bring all these pieces together. So I would really uh, look forward to see anybody who's trying to solve that problem from a display, the edge devices, displays, speakers, microphones, but also furniture, also backgrounds and things of that nature. Who's going to come up with uh, a presentation that says, here is your home office? And I've been surprised in talking to my realtor friends, the people in the real estate business, they're saying now that it used to be that you, when you bought a house, you know, you wanted a gym, you wanted maybe a home theater. Not anymore. Everybody wants an office. They want an office not just, that's not in, your, not in your kitchen, it's not your your bedroom is turned over. They want a home office that looks like a home office so they can work that way. And so uh, I, I, I would hope to see uh, some people coming up with solutions uh, to solve that trend. Well, I can tell you that, um, you know, the, the, the onslaught of analyst and media mails have started today. I, st I got five of them already, and it's, and it's not even uh, December yet. Um, and one of them told me when I told them that that's the beat that I'm looking to cover, they said they've got a lot of people that are going to be exhibiting in their suite. And, and we're going to get into this debate, Evan, again, of, of, of AR and VR. And, you know, are we all going to be wearing goggles and attending meetings in, in you know, as avatars in, in Metaspace? Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm of course a big, not. Of course yeah. not. So I'm, I'm, I'm against that. But but their, their companies are going to be there. They're going to be talking about how that's the future of work. What are you looking forward to? Well, I think Las Vegas is one giant metaverse. But but, yeah, that's another story. I'm looking to get hands on with some tech. I mean, it, it's been like a two dimensional world the last two years. And I want to climb in that autonomous truck or that 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 self-driving drone flying drone or touch and feel some cool gadgets look at some 8k displays i mean you know gadgets are things that you kind of hold and 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 uh and feel and touch and experience and that's what's been missing for me is the sort of the two-dimensional world so yeah, I, I hope that will be on display in, in its full or climbing into an autonomous car or, you know, there's just so many cool opportunities. I recall the Hyundai, you know, uh, uh, flying taxi the last time at that scale model of this thing. That was pretty amazing. So, you know, let, let's go. Let, let's go and, uh, and touch and feel. We'll have like a show and tell of, uh, of gadgets. Uh, that would be awesome. Steve, did I read right that the autonomous vehicle, that all the vehicles are now going to be in the West Hall? Um, and not the uh, the the uh, North Hall anymore. Yes, that's correct. So West Hall is 100% going to house all the automotive and vehicular uh, technologies, if you like. So so yeah, that's that's the place. And yes, the the Teslas will be running in the Boring Tunnel. Uh, those will be shuttling back and forth. And there's actually a bridge that connects West Hall with that that front end side of North Hall, if you remember where you come in where the North Hall conference areas are and the escalators down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's where that, that sky bridge is. And so you'll be able to, to, to walk back and forth, I think pretty, pretty easily. And North Hall is where you'll find digital health, uh, smart cities, robotics, and some other categories. Uh, so we've, we've moved things around a little bit. One, one area that's gonna be offline is South Hall. So there's really a, a new center of gravity 
I think for CES that is, is squarely centered right around that grand lobby between West, North, and Central. Central. And of course, we still have the Venetian uh, Convention Center over there with the SAND, or formerly known as the SANDS. Uh, but, but that's where we're going to have all the, the uh, startups. Uh, Eureka Park, which is a, a hotbed of innovation, literally and figuratively, we'll have about 30 or 40 countries bringing over dozens of startups each. Uh, so that's going to be a fantastic place to spend a good a good half day just wandering the aisles of Eureka Park for startup and, and by the way, if you've made the aisles wider in Eureka Park, God bless you and everyone you know, that's certainly a place where we could have used it um, even before so, there was a deadly virus. So, so, so Steve, you've gone and made it the Car Electronics Show. I've always said CES should be renamed the Car Electronics Show. <laughs> but uh, now, the, 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 all that, all that uh, automotive stuff is really very important because that, that's an environment that you're in. And you're in, people spend a lot of time in their cars going into and from work, and uh, especially now with the pandemic. So seeing how the tech goes in there. But I would love to see how that tech then interfaces when I get to the office and when I get back home. And that, that linkage between... Uh, the home, uh, the car, and the office. And uh, you know, we saw some of that at Enterprise Connect and things of that nature uh, on the professional side of things. But from the consumer, that's the people, those people do it all the time. And I'm already seeing it with people having their smartphones that go uh, seamlessly from one environment to the other, uh, their navigation going from one place to the other, their lists, et cetera. Uh, are you going to see, are we going to see anything, or I hope we're going to see uh, some of that synergy, not just individual products, but actually systems and uh, that, that link all those pieces together. Absolutely, and I mean, a great perspective all around, by the way. I mean, and one of the great things that CES does is, is, is help provide that, that linkage between discrete categories. So we've talked about like hybrid work, and Greg, what you're talking about is a seamless experience between home work, you know, the, the car and so forth, mobile devices. This is what CES does really well, is really illustrating the whole ecosystem and the interplay between these things. So without a doubt, uh, and one place to capture a lot of that are in some of the keynotes. So uh, I just wanna mention that we've got GM keynoting, we have T-Mobile keynoting uh, and, and many others. Uh, so Samsung, so, so they'll be talking about, I think a lot of this linkage because you're right. I mean, this, we. The headwaters of the crisis, it was all about how are we going to work remotely. These days, as we ostensibly exit the crisis, it's really like, how are we going to balance this, this between work and, and home? And a lot of people are wanting to do that. So what devices are going to be in play to help us do that? And what are, what are manufacturers and service providers doing? Because that's the other aspect we haven't talked about is services, which have become supremely important uh, in this season. Uh, Evan. Yeah, it's interesting. I've turned into quite the audiophile during the pandemic, whether it's uh, consuming music for kind of relaxation and stress relief or, you know, spatial audio for calls like this and new apps like Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces with spatial audio for group chats and conversations. And, you know, the manufacturers are doubling down on really cool, innovative audio technology, whether it's H, you know, HD lossless audio or Apple with its, uh, you know, uh, 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 new earpods, AirPods, or Holly with its, you know, noise canceling tech. So I, I, audio has been like really important to me the last couple of years. And I want to see what's what's new and cool in audio, even even things like speakers and home, home audio, AV stuff. It's, uh, 
noise canceling has become really important for working and, and living and studying at home. And I'm hoping to see a ton of innovation there as well. Yeah, and it's not just the the the, the noise canceling and, and and the other aspects around the audio, but it's really where AI and machine learning have started to take off, where it's now starting to get built into all of our technologies and platforms where we don't have to know what to do. And Steve, this is something you talked about, I think, three or four years ago, where we're saying our technology um, is, is now going to be smart enough instead of doing something on command, knowing what to do when the situation arises. So, you know, in our space, cameras find things, audio gets discounted, but it's also, you know, the knowledge built over the years of the autonomous vehicles. And, 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 and you know, there's so much, and, and Evan, in the space that you follow very carefully, you know, this, this telehealth that's now taken off that, you know, during the pandemic, the doctor didn't want to see me because he was afraid of getting sick, but I could get him on a call and he could prescribe something. And you know what? It saved both of our times. So I think telehealth is also going to be an area that's going to be Exploding. Have, you, have you heard the, the rumblings of that, Evan? Yeah, there's there's been hundreds of telehealth companies created during the pandemic and billions of dollars put into existing companies. And this is only going to accelerate because with the rise of devices like wearables and and other you know rings and watches, we can now move to a world where our doctors and hospitals can monitor us remotely with remote patient monitoring. So whether you're you're still sick or ill and recovering, or whether you're healthy, there's going to be a role for telehealth in your life. That's that's really exciting, and that's just not going away, you know, post pandemic. Yeah, you know, it, it was always we were always a litigious society here, in, in the, at least in the United States, if not all of North America, where you know people would you know depending upon where you were living, you could or couldn't see a doctor via telehealth, and the pandemic has just kind of pushed us right over that edge. So I don't think that that's a big problem anymore. Everybody's starting to embrace it. Um, so, so let's. I, I have a question about the yin and the yang, the push and pull of what's going on in terms of our timing. And Carolina, I, I want to get your perspective because you know you've been following this consumer space for a really long time. Uh, we used to talk about how innovation cycles, how amortization cycles at companies and for individuals, you know, seven years, five years, three years. We got ourselves to something like a nine-month innovation cycle. You know, the cycle between your last iPhone and your new iPhone, or whatever else is going on. And it was starting to get closer. Is that continuing because the because of the pace? of digital transformation is just through the roof at this point because of the pandemic? Or is that also being counterbalanced by the drag of the supply chain issues we've been dealing with? What have you been seeing and hearing? And, uh, what do you expect to hear about if you go to the show this year? Uh, I'm smiling because, of course, as you cue me in, whoever is doing my yard is right outside my window. So talking about audio and capabilities, Please, someone can do something. Okay, you, have, you haven't <laughs> unpacked your headsets yet that I've sent to you, so I'll, I'll, get you some, I'll get you some new headsets now that you've moved into your place. But feel free to talk. Don't worry about it. I, um, I, love, the, I love the reality and the humanity of all the things that happen nowadays. Uh, at least my dogs are not barking at a person, so that's, that's <laughs> something. That's um, so I, I really think it depends what, how you're looking at innovation cycle and technology, right? On one end, I was saying earlier, uh, some of the technologies that we're talking about, like 5G and AI, XR, VR, we've been talking about it for years and you kind of feel like, come on, you know, we still haven't reached mass market yet. 
Um, and, and that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, there are technologies, especially when the technology, if you're thinking about AI and, and we were talking about uh, autonomous driving, it's not just the technology in the car, is all the infrastructure that needs to be built around it that is going to take years to develop, right? It is about insurance and, and whether or not they're going to cover certain things or not. You know, so there's more than the technology itself. If you're talking about developments that are more, you know, innovation cycle within a product category that is already established, then yes, I, I do think that the, the pace is definitely faster. I think that the technology, um, the supply chain issue is one area that actually highlighted where more innovation needs to happen and also where more di diversification needs to happen when, uh, you know, you look at the countries that we work with, um, how much of that uh, should and, and could be brought back to the U.S., and where um, companies uh, should invest. Uh, and so I think it's, it's very fascinating right now how both COVID you know, before and then the supply chain issues that we see now has changed the way we think about innovation. You know, yeah, Dave, uh, it, it, I was just looking back and the last flight that I took of any significance was going to CES two years ago. And I have not been on an airplane since then. Uh, which um, for someone who normally takes planes every two or three weeks um, is, is quite something for my entire life. But um, I, I moved up to our, our home in the Adirondacks with the middle of nowhere and uh, all the things we're talking about, telehealth, uh, audio, um, uh, the, the whole idea of the home life inter interfacing uh, to business, all of those things I actually experienced for the past, uh, two, uh, past two years. Um, so the home experience. So as we move to more streaming video uh, and watching it on a very large screen with surround sound, you know, that total experience. So I think we're really talking about uh, experiential things here, no longer individual devices. And I'm seeing, um, for example, I wear the Oura Ring, but I've also tried all the other devices, and it's interesting, I've actually been able to track that along with my Withings uh, scale and the blood pressure. It's, it's amazing how that, all that's come together. So seeing all those individual pieces that we saw over the years happening, and now seeing how they are coalescing and working together, and yes, even the car that uh, you know, drives itself down the road, uh, all those things are all happening, and I'm now, I've experienced those the past two years. So I'll be looking to see how we went from that first level of, oh, wow, this is cool, that's cool, that's cool, to it's all integrated together into a total system. Um, and um, I, I'm really looking forward to what's happening here, and a little, a little nervous because it'll be my first flight, believe it or not, since CES, uh, but uh, the one two years ago. Uh, but having that ability to see all the people together and seeing how they relate to each other, that to me is the value of CES. And of course, Eureka Park, to see what the crazy ideas are, don't, don't ignore that. And, so this, and, this yeah, many years later, we're talking about the Internet of Things. It's, yeah. it's it's a hackneyed term, but it's actually happening right now. Yeah, and 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 I mean, even things like the, the you know we, we heard this, uh, the leaf blower. I presume that's what it was outside um, up in the Adirondacks. That we have snow, and I said, well, if I've got an electric car, I might as well get an electric snowblower. And everybody, ah, no, no, they're they're crap, and it doesn't doesn't do anything. It's junk. Well. Believe it or not, the electric snowblower really works, and it doesn't pollute. It is quiet, and and so I'm seeing that that all those things we've talking about actually come to reality, and that's been what's really exciting the past two years. I'm now looking for the next generation of that and how it's going to progress, and that's why I'm looking forward to CES. Yeah, good stuff, Greg and and David. Don't 
don't forget that really we have a new IoT, which is the intelligence of things. Yeah. Uh, and the best part about the intelligence of things is we can still use IoT. <laughs> we just mean something a little bit different by it, which kind of carries back to your previous point uh, about uh, AI getting better. Because really, I mean, I think we've we've generally ticked the box on connectivity and 5G is, is amplifying that. But really what it's about today is adding intelligence through AI. And then as everyone has been talking, the, the sensors are getting better, the machine learning is getting better, the algorithms are getting better. And this is why things are speeding up and speeding up and speeding up and right on time because Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft said last year, I think this was right around uh, the spring of 2020, that, that we've seen two years of digital transformation in two months. Uh, and so, yeah, things had to really turn on a dime. And this is also one of the reasons we find ourselves in the middle of a chip shortage, because with all these cloud-based things and learning things and so forth, we need a lot more processors, a lot more chips, a lot more microcontrollers. Uh, and so this is one of the other things, we, we need more data centers and so forth that has contributed to that. So that's another aspect of CES that I'm gonna be interested to, to learn more about is how are manufacturers uh, planning? How are they working around uh, the chip shortage? Uh, I, from my understanding, there's a lot of, of earnest engineering going on, especially in the automotive sector, uh, to really work around some of these these issues. Yeah, there's a lot, of, really a lot of redesigns of things. There's a lot of redesign of products to use the chipsets that are actually available. Um, and and there's a lot of creativity going on, but at the same time, we're talking about, we're never gonna let this happen again, two years, three years down the road, we're gonna have alternate sources of the chips. Uh, the, the question is how soon will we all like take a, a sigh of relief and think that it's passed? And I don't know how soon that's gonna be. Well, one thing that I that I would encourage the CTA being an, uh, an advocacy for the consumer electronics industry as a whole is uh, the, the broadband initiatives that are underway. Um, one of the big issues I my place up in the Adirondacks, we had no connectivity. There was no cellular. There was no satellite. There was no only satellite. Uh, I finally convinced Verizon to actually run fiber to me, which made a huge difference. But um, that 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 took an act of um, of. Well, it was a major, major opposition to get the fiber run uh, to a house in the middle of nowhere in the Adirondacks, but it's done. And I'm very thankful to Verizon for doing it. But it, it, for all of this online stuff, with all these services that are going online, if you don't have the connectivity, they don't work. So having, having the thing, so when you talk about space, Steve, and, and I hope Elon will be there with his uh, uh, Starlink, uh, I hope we'll see some other things from some of the other players too, because that connectivity, that's another piece. We're moving to the cloud, but if half the country, not half, if a large portion of the country um, does not have connectivity or has connectivity at you know 10 megabits with 700 milliseconds of, of, uh, of latency, um, which is what you get in a, a satellite in the middle of nowhere, um, that's not going to work. So we really, I, I really encourage the CTA to uh, use its influence to try and get um, uh, better connectivity for all Americans across the entire country, not just where I'm in the city right now where I've got wonderful connectivity, but having it all across the country. And with the education, et cetera, super important stuff. Well, Greg, the good thing is that um, we're now at a situation, reality, we're not just you know speculating anymore. There's not funding for it. You know, yes. plus or minus what you believe in terms of the world of politics. And Lord knows I'm not getting into that. There is now approved funding so that yeah. connectivity no longer has to be a privilege. 
It's yeah. something that, you know, and, th and that affects distance learning, that affects education, yeah. that affects people's access to tech. You know, so, so I think we're now going to start to see some real um, progress made because people want to spend the money. Right. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, we have this place upstate and I've got all the electronic gadgets you can imagine. Everything at CES, it's all up there. You know, the charge point for the car, uh, the thermostat that detects when I walk in the room, the, the, the systems that turn on the lights and off, the cameras that move. And, and all of that doesn't work if you can't connect to it. It's kind of it's, it's kind of nuts. And fortunately, it's all working now. But it's got to be easier, and it's got to and it, we've got to think of ways that this thing will work together. And and of course, if we want to stream all the movies that are on Netflix and and and, and uh, HBO and all the rest, you still need the connectivity. Well, I don't even want to get into the concept of over the top and uh, and movie theaters versus uh, watching things at home. I had a huge debate about that online earlier this morning. Evan, you probably saw a little bit of that. What are you seeing from the various technology conferences, Evan, that you're you're attending that you're you're auditing around uh, the the use of the internet versus remote versus coming back versus all these things working together? Are you starting to see trends that that people are really going to emerge and start uh, making better use of the technology than we have before? Uh, no, I, I don't see any trends. I, I just, uh, I'm just a gadget guy. I just like consuming technology and products. But, um, you know, in all seriousness, I mean, if you don't have a digital business now, you, you don't have a business. And, and so everything is moving towards digital in a way that's from including money. Uh, you know, I, I hope there's some cool crypto stuff happening at CES. I'm sure there will be. But everything is moving to digital at such a rate it's almost you know we've been so glued digitally together and online the last year and a half to two it's hard to get interested or surprised by anything new it's like we just shrug off this amazing advancement in tech and these these announcements and news so i'm looking forward to maybe being delighted surprised by something again at ces that might be fun because every day we just continue to consume news and we march forward but you know, a lot of the delight has, has kind of been sucked out of <laughs> out of the tech industry through the pandemic. So, yeah, Steve, just just uh, you know, come on, dance for us. Uh, give us something <laughs> to be excited about again. Well, Carolina, let me actually ask you about that because Evan, sort of sideways in his own inimitable way, raises a very important point that you know we're we're all gadget geeks and we're talking about thermostats and autonomous cars and everything else but you know the most industries have now finally realized that you know not the airline industry lord knows they don't get it but every other one <laughs> have realized that it's that it's it's about the experience it's about what is you know i don't really care how many gadgets and how many you know printed circuit boards or or integrated circuits or chips or or buttons or switches or touch panels or anything Am I going to be delighted, as Evan asks? Are, are companies starting to realize that it's about the experience? Companies certainly are realizing that. They're not necessarily any wiser in how they're going to sell that um, because it's much harder, right? It, it's so much easier to compare speeds and feeds and, and also compare you know, last year model to, to next year model. Uh, but what is harder is, is really selling a value proposition that comes from often not just the experience that your own product gives, but how that product integrates with other products that, you know, what Greg was talking about earlier. And so your experience doesn't necessarily start and end with you, but is, you know, gets bigger as your, you know, if you're talking about Indian computing, as an example, as your products plays nice with other products. 
as you know, I, I move recently in talking about connected gadgets. Gosh, the technology is there, everything is there, but the user experience and interoperability is not. And that is not a technology issue, right? That is a business model issue uh, of wanting to play nice together or not. And, and how you collaborate and how you create or try to create wall gardens uh, and all the rest of it. And, and I think that is interesting to me that we are still having companies looking at Apple and thinking that they can replicate that wall garden approach um, and not be Apple. And, and that hasn't worked out for anyone very well. You know, Sony did it for a bit. Um, but even Sony has, has given up in some areas, like, you know, the mobile phone business, for instance. So I, I, I think it's going to be interesting, even just, you know, on the show floor, um, how companies are going to are going to sell differently. And one thing that I obviously will pay a lot of attention, because I always do, is how companies are going to sell to people. Um, and specifically how time and time again, it, it seems that the only purchasing person in a family is a dude. And that's not the case. And this more, the more you get into connected home, the more the purchase decision stays actually with um, the, the woman and not the guy. And, uh, and companies are still not even understanding that who has the, the power of a purse. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good point. Uh, one of the other things that we had seen at the show um, over the years is we had seen a number of exhibitors come onto the space with concepts. You heard Greg, you heard Evan, they want to get their hands on gadgets. They want to feel things. But we, we would see, you know, sometimes a football field-sized booth that's talking about how the future will be autonomous driving and there's nothing to be in. And I'm interested and curious to see everyone's opinion. I'm going to ask everyone, do we think that because the natural change that shows going to be a little bit smaller, people are going to be a little bit more reserved that we're going to see less um, more to the point things and less ostentatious and amorphous things. Um, what, what I see, I guess I'll start with you. You, you know, you're more of an insight without giving away any of the goods. Um, are we going to see more tangible stuff at the show this year? as a result of, you know, not being together last year? Talk about experiences. Uh, I think CES 2022 is going to be a rich experience. And yes, there's going to be plenty of tech that you can get your hands on. I think a long time ago, CES shed the mantle of just a gadget show. It's so much more than that. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I mean, tangible as in, you know, not necessarily with your hands. I guess it's a, bit, it's a bad metaphor, but you can get your arms around it. It's real. It's not vaporware. Yeah, well, exactly. And then there, there are other things like smart cities, which, uh, which are, is a, a very broad canvas, and you can get into nuts and bolts. So yes, there will be more, you know, call it uh, ethereal and kind of these are visions. And this is another aspect that we, we look forward to year after year for CES. And we see this a lot of times in keynotes, where brands are really articulating their vision for the future. And this is more conceptual. It's not a product you can buy now. Maybe it's, it's, it's a vision for how all this is going to fit together and maybe new services that are going to work. So, yes, those stories will be there in addition to a lot of products that you can demo for yourself. And like we said before, get your hands on. But, but Carolina was right when she talked about incremental improvements uh, with, with core technologies and, and other technologies, a little better sensor, a little bit better memory and so forth. But it is really about experiences when we think about consumer tech today because our devices are our devices and they get incrementally better 
but it's really how do these things plus up to a, a bigger experience that is renders more convenience to the consumer, a better quality of life. This is when we talk about tech for good. Uh, and then there's a whole other category of just raw innovation that are, are solving global problems. Uh, and then also is just really organic innovation. I mean, take a look at what's happening in sustainable tech. I mean, that's not, that's just, that's altogether new, whether it's, it's renewable energy uh, service or sources and services and just other, other ways uh, to, to conserve everything. food technology, uh, another amazing uh, genre of, of tech innovation. And it's all at CES 2022. Okay, so, so as we start to think about wrapping this show up, I'm gonna ask uh, the people who've been at CES, other than you, Steve, because you've been there for forever. Everybody else has been there at least once. Um, uh, what, you know, Greg, you and I uh, often meet online at 6.30 or 7 in the morning outside the press conferences on media days and look at each other and say, we're really doing this again this year. What's, what's been, you know, over the last three or four or five years that you've attended, what's been the, the biggest piece that you've pulled away, the, the greatest piece of technology, the greatest thing you learned? What, what, what was your best takeaway and something you'd be looking forward to matching this year? Well, you know, it, it's uh, it's rare that I go to CES and find something that's that I've not heard about beforehand. But actually, getting to see it and seeing how it works together—that's that's the magic. And um, I must say, though, that last year's uh, virtual conference, I thought it was going to be a big bust. It really wasn't that bad. And I found that uh, not having to wait in line at 6:30 in the morning to go into some of the press conferences was actually a big benefit. Uh, <clears throat> but um, the what what I'm CES, is, as, as you pointed out before, you know, was a gadget show, and I used to come back with bags full of gadgets, and now it's bags full of, of concepts and interconnectivity, and the gadgets really are edge devices. They're, they're cameras and the rings, sensors, and other things like that, and how they all work together, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how people are going to interconnect these things together to create that seamless experience, and it's all about the experience, because I think the average consumer buying things doesn't really know 5G from 2G from whatever. What, they're, what they want to know is, I walk into my house and the temperature's right. I walk into my car and it gets to me the right location. I go into my office and I can have a meeting. They, they, they look about the experience, the journeys. And, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing, and seeing how people look at those journeys uh, that involve tech. And we're all using those tech journeys. So how those come together and how they work and what, what, what glues them all together. Um, okay. you know, I think I, th I think back to the a number of years ago when the uh, we had the cruise line talking about the experience on the on the ocean liner and how it all comes together with their what I think was called ocean uh, their little their little uh, tablet. I mean that was a journey that that came from starting at your home, getting the invite, uh, booking the things on the on the on the cruise, seeing your photos, getting back, having the memento of it. That that to me, I like to see that journey for life in general. That how technology man merges with all of these widgets and things like that. And, you know, Dave, as you know, my, my house is filled with, I've got barns full of gadgets because I don't get rid of them, much to the chagrin of my wife. So I've got the history of CES here, but it's not about that anymore. Those are things. It's more about the, the experience and the journey. Good answer. Carolina, over your last five or six years, what was the best takeaway that you've experienced from the show? Um, that comfortable shoes continue to be a must. Um. <laughs> Uh, because that's part of the pro tips. I'll, I'll print the pro tips later on. That's that's obvious. But I'm yeah, talking the, more about the, the hover, the hover shoes. Come on, let's go hover shoes. Um, I, you know, it's interesting because I, I always look at CS a little bit different from from an analyst perspective. It is a great 
meeting point and an opportunity to uh, meet with people, uh, you know, much like everybody else on this call, we kind of know what's coming because we all get pre-briefed and, and we have a, a very um, privileged way of, of getting to the show. But is bumping into that company that you never heard of. And that's why over the past two to three years, um, I don't spend much time on the show floor. And when I do, is always uh, in the sands in Eureka Park. And, and for me, being Italian is going back and see, you know, what Italian companies on the show floor and uh, uh, neighboring countries. So I always spend a lot of time, Italy, France, Spain, Germany, uh, and see what's coming out of Europe where, you know, they have great ideas, but don't necessarily have access to the same funding that companies and startup in, uh, um, in the US or Israel have. Uh, but you started to see a lot of innovation coming out of those countries and uh, opportunity um, is then the go-to-market that is harder for them. That's a good point. Evan, what about you? What, you, know, you? You haven't been there as much as the rest of us, but you've definitely gone. What were your takeaways from what you'd seen? Well, I used to laugh at things like the giant 8K OLED TVs and you know the, the wonderland of advanced tech. Now I'm like, okay, I want it all. All of my... I think all of my free cash flow that went to things like restaurants and uh, travel and uh, uh, you know nice clothes for meetings is now is now gone to gadgets basically. So bring it on! I'm I'm looking for the biggest, brightest, best TV I can find, and I'm going to take it back with me on the plane. So that's basically my singular <laughs> mission. So I can continue my Netflix binging and my uh, content consumption uh ad infinitum so so yeah i'm excited that's actually a question mark at this point i don't know if there's going to be as much swag at the show this year especially oh, with, that's, with that's reduced people you know how many people have actual things that you can take away with you but uh, <laughs> um it's it's certainly the experience and i look forward to seeing all of you at the show for me to answer that question i'll give myself the, the luxury of doing that um I, I agree that you know i would say probably about 10 maybe 15 years ago it became obvious that i can't do the whole CES anymore. It was just too much for one person. So the choice was to send a team of 10 people and divide it or just decide that you're, you're okay with the fact that you're never going to see all of it. You know, different, you know, it's the, like the three wise men and the elephant. Um, everybody's going to get a different corner of it. So I try and stay back not cover the things that everybody else is covering because I'm, you know, I can't compete with, uh, with, with, with ZDNet or any of the other, you know, tech co companies that are giving masses of numbers of people there. I'm looking for the things that nobody else covered. I saw... I don't think it was last year. Well, it couldn't be last year. Two years ago or three years ago, um, the conference room, the, there was a translucent autonomous vehicle conference room. I don't think it, it was ever built. I think it was a concept car. But the Shocking. idea that there would be Shocking. four chairs around a center table where you're having your conference on the way from the airport to the hotel or from your office to or your home or wherever. And, and I think, you know, boy, they really had the, they, they got that one. They understand that we were going to, we're going to try and add productivity in places where we haven't been productive before for our personal lives, for our family lives, for our business lives. Certainly we spent the last 19 months showing how much more productive most knowledge workers can be sitting in their own homes and how important the home office is. But, you know, yeah, if we could take that transportation and make that a productive time as well, that was a smart idea. So I'd love to go back this year and shock of shocks, actually, he's somebody have productized that, um, you know, working on where 5G is and, and, and some of the other intelligence. Those are the kind of things I like to see at the show. Um, I also sometimes like to laugh 
you know, we're in a world right now where with crowdsourcing and, and you know, the route, the, the route to market is so has so many less gatekeepers that sometimes just truly ridiculous products make it to market. Um, so it's interesting to sort of see some of those and say, what, what, what have you people been thinking? Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. The the the, the presses the, the press conferences happen on the <clears throat> the Sunday and Monday beforehand. The show opens, Steve, on the Tuesday, is it? Wednesday, isn't it? When Wednesday? Yeah, it's on the Wednesday the fifth. Yeah, Wednesday the fifth. Yeah. So that means press day. Press day Tuesday. Tuesday. Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Monday and Tuesday. Okay, well, I'll still be there on on I think Sunday because coming in earlier is is probably like a thousand dollars less on the airfare. So uh, just an ex extra day in Vegas to gamble, as you say, Evan. <laughs> we, we can get together, Dave. I get there on Sunday as well. Thanks very much, everyone. That's an amazing conversation. We have a lot of things to think about. We have a lot of things to look forward to in the next month and a half. Why don't I just ask everybody, reach out to them and see how uh, people can get in touch with them if they'd like to. Steve, why don't you start first? How can people find out more information about the CTA, CES, or you in general? Yeah, well, I would say a great place to start is ces.tech, uh, and that's certainly where people can go to register for, for CES 2022. Uh, and if you want to learn more about Consumer Technology Association and our research in particular, cta.tech slash research is the place to go. Thank you very much for joining us, Steve. Greg, how would somebody get a hold of you and uh, learn from the insights you bring back from the show every year? Well, the, the best way is uh, email. And so I'll actually publish my email. It's uh, greg, G-R-E-G, at harpervision, H-A-R-P-E-R-V-I-S-I-O-N.com. And um, uh, I, I do respond to emails. I get lots of them and uh, be happy to talk to someone uh, or anybody that wants to do it. Uh, I do have a website, but uh, harpervision.com is, uh, is the website. Hey, Greg, you and I have like 19 emails a, a piece, so it's plenty of them that we can use and give out. Carolina, how would somebody reach out to you here about your research and uh, get in touch with you? You can find me most days on Twitter at caro, C-A-R-O underscore Milanese, M-I-L-A-N-E-S-I. I'm learning to be more often on Instagram as well, same handle. And you can read about tech and the good of tech and society on my uh, Forbes column. And then you can visit creativestrategies.com. Thank you very much, Carolina. And Evan, how does somebody reach out to, to hear about you and find out what you're doing as if I didn't know that already? What I'm doing is tweeting. And you can yeah, find me here. Oh, wrong place. EvanKerstell.com. At EvanKerstell. So. At Evan Cristal, and and, and even though even though you were the um the the you've only been to CES a couple of times in the past, you you were the number one tweeter of it for at least the last ten years. So, you know, it's I, an unhealthy I, obsession. It's, it's very it's, it's not for everyone. It's 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 good to, it's good to know friends that are followed. So anyway, thanks very much for joining me, all of you. Um, I appreciate all the comments. I look forward, hopefully, to seeing people at CES 22 uh, for Aviation TV for the IMCCA. I'm David Danto. Uh, if anybody wants to reach out to me, just Google my name, and you'll easily find me in a million different places. Look forward to seeing you on the next show, which, fingers crossed, will be the CES wrap-up show. Um, so keep your fingers crossed that I get out there and be recorded. And do a good job. Thanks very much for watching.